Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Simon, for leading us in that wonderful selection. I will say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, after um, worshiping outside in the parking lot and then coming back into the sanctuary, this is a uh, it's a little bit different. We've gotten used to people being here and gathering, but things are with uh, the coronavirus are, are so serious and uh, that I just sense the Lord leading us to go back virtual. People are really not following uh, protocols. Um, you know, we saw what happened with the spike um, in cases for Thanksgiving because people refuse to follow protocol and people still gathered and people are still traveling and then Christmas came along and people still gathered, people still traveled and and and, and coronavirus cases are, are are increasing every day. And one of the things that troubles me is is our thoughtlessness and our and our lack of concern for healthcare workers. Um I didn't agree with, with schools going back in session because I thought we should care more about our teachers and would not put them in jeopardy. But then we see how we're so selfish in America and we act like we just can't quarantine, keep ourselves away from people, stay away from family and friends. We just have to gather and we see what's happening. Uh, and it's just not wise. It's not caring. It's not loving. It's not displaying the love of Jesus. And we put our healthcare workers in such grave danger. And our hospitals are overstressed, full. Workers are overstressed, doctors and nurses and staff. It's just not caring what we're doing. And I, I just believe that the wisdom of the Lord says that we should not, as a church, um, put people in jeopardy. Yes, we believe God, we trust God, but God gives us wisdom. So before, we've not had an outbreak in our congregation, uh, not with people who've been coming to the church. Uh, but before that would happen, before we give that opportunity, since things are getting worse over these next few months, we will be doing virtual services. And we pray that you'll be blessed. Amen. Want you to want to remind you to join us on Thursday night for our watch tonight service. It will be virtual, Facebook Live, or YouTube, uh, and our Holy Convocation, which will begin Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, which will be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, following the first Sunday of January. Amen. Join us for these virtual services today. I'm led to speak to you from the thought: human reasoning versus faith in God. Human reasoning versus faith in God. From this chapter 1 of St. John, 
And the scripture that I read to you concerning Zacharias, and the angel came and gave the announcement to him concerning his wife Elizabeth becoming pregnant and bearing a son. Now, this is what the angel, this is what Zacharias asked the angel in verse number 18. How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in age. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which, which will be fulfilled in their own time. You'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Human reasoning. Zacharias asked the question, how should I know? I'm an old man. This is not likely to happen. How shall I know that this is truth? I'm old and my wife is old. Human reasoning versus faith in God. Well, as many of you know who, who are part of TOP, I've been studying Spanish and French on Duolingo. And for the past 75 days, I've concentrated my studying in Spanish. And though I'm far from fluent in Spanish, I can see progress. I, I decided to do this daily and be, go beyond the recommended five minutes a day. And when I did that, I began to discover some things. I discovered tips to learning. I began to see and understand root words and their conjugations. I began to understand how words were used with pronouns and how to apply that across my learning spectrum. I learned words, I learned verbs, and I learned nouns and adverbs and all of that stuff. And one day as I was browsing the site, I discovered that, that I was in competition with others who were also studying. And so I engaged the competition, and I challenged myself to move up the leaderboard. I moved up from 19th place until last night up to fourth place in the Emerald League. Now, there are some other leagues that I'm going to get to. I'm about to, after the day, hopefully go into another league, move up to first place, and then go on. <clears throat> So that means that I moved up five leagues from the beginning, and as a result, I'm motivated to go up further. I sensed my progress, and it lit a fire in me, and it's put me what I call on fast track in my uh, learning of Spanish. And I look forward to doing some in-person tutorials with native-born Latin American speakers. Now, as I thought about that, and I thought about the logic behind putting so much time and effort into learning another language, I was rem reminded of what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. He said, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness 
is profitable in all things, having the promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. The Lord began to deal with me about that and began to speak to me about the fact that it's, it's, good, to, it's good to exercise your body and exercise your mind. Those are good things to do. It's good to get in good shape and to be in good shape physically, intellectually, and emotionally. According to human logic and reason, it's the right thing to do. Okay? Get in shape. Broaden your horizon. Learn something new. And during this pandemic, we've had a whole lot of time to learn new things if we took advantage of that time. However, they only profit us a little in this world and for this world. Spiritual reasoning and faith in God encourages us not simply to gaze in, to, to engage in the physical uh, or the mental, but also to engage in the spiritual, to, do, to engage in exercises in godliness. This is the most profitable, profitable thing because it has a promise of the life that now is and the life that is to come. And for all of us, we're living to live again. We are. Even people that don't believe in Jesus and don't, don't, don't serve the Lord, when they die, people talk about them going to heaven. People don't want to go to hell. They want to go to heaven. So we say we're living to live again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I was praying and, and, and reading devotionals, you know, as I normally do every day, uh, the Lord led me to a devotional that talked about human reasoning and faith. Many of us, even believers, even in the church, Many of us operate in human reasoning. It's just a natural thing to do. We are around people who operate in human reasoning all of the time. If you work a job, you're not around spiritually minded people all of the time. You know, if you go to the gym and talk to people, you're not around spiritually minded people all of the time. We are, and we are around people who operate in spiritual, I mean in human reasoning. Our society is steeped in human reasoning, when you, when you watch television, when you, when you watch the news, when you watch TV shows, uh, when you watch whether it's from the gamut of soap operas to cartoons to, to dramas to, 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 to crime flicks, you, 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 you are being, you're engaging people who are operating in human reasoning. Yeah, in our music, human reasoning. On billboards, human reasoning. Everywhere you go, there's human reasoning. And sometimes, even in messages in the church, people engage in human reasoning. I, I try to be very careful about that because I don't want to engage in human reasoning. You've heard me say that my opinion does not matter. What I think does not matter. What I want to do always is search the scriptures and say to you what God has said in the scriptures. Rightly divide the word and communicate to you what God has said in the scriptures because my opinion 
does not matter. What I think about the issue does not matter. So, you know, sometimes people come to me and say, Bishop, what do you think about this? Well, what does the Lord say? Because really it's what God says that counts. And that's a caution to, to, to preachers and especially younger preachers. Don't get into what you think. Don't get into giving your opinion on something. Search the scriptures. Study the scriptures. Seek to rightly divide the word of God. But human reasoning, human reasoning is all around us. You hear people say, I don't think like everybody else. I think differently. I have a right to think like I want to think. Okay? Um, I have a right to see things the way I want to see them. Okay. Or some, something similar to that. Think about it. You've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. Actually, they're right. They are right. Why? Because we are created in the image and likeness of God. And as such, we're free moral agents. We can think what we want to think. We can think like we want to think. We can do what we want to do. However, when it comes to faith in God, when it comes to living for God, there are parameters that we have to embrace. I can't let my mind run free and think anything and receive anything in my mind and embrace it. There are parameters that we must embrace if we're going to live for God. As free as we are, as individual believers and thinkers, and as refreshing as it is to receive a fresh perspective of the scriptures from people who do think differently, even in, after having put parameters around us, people will approach the scriptures and they will see things that other people don't see. Okay? But we have to be guided by and stay within the parameters of spiritual truth that comes from a correct interpretation of the scriptures. A couple of things will help us in this modern age if we will listen. Malachi 3 and 6, God says, I am the Lord. I do not change. I am the Lord. I do not change. Proverbs 102, verses 25 through 27. The psalmist said, In the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same. And your years never end. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, you know, if we th as I think about those scriptures, that helps us in this modern age where people want to say, well, I can do what I want to. I mean, I'm talking about people in the church. I can think like I want to think. I can live like I want to live. I can do what I want to do. And nobody has the right to challenge me, no. No, you can't. There are certain things you can't embrace. There are certain ways we can't 
accept as the right pattern for life. There are parameters that, that we must embrace that are laid out in the scriptures. Yeah. So as we come to the end of 2020, and this is the last Sunday of 2020. Oh, I forgot to say early on, I hope people enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas day. You know, and I hope you enjoyed your, your, your family and friend. I hope you did some Zoom meetings and got together with people on Zoom. And if you decided to get together with your family, I hope you were safe. Okay? But as we come to the end of 2020, I sense the Lord challenging us to put our faith growth on fast track. Okay? Away from human reasoning and into a deeper degree of spiritual truth and seeking the capacity of Holy Spirit-led reasoning and led thinking. The shift for maximum impact that we started out the year with that God spoke to us at the beginning of this year deals specifically with a shift in the way we think, not away from the scriptures uh, and, 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 from, and from God, who does not change, but into the scriptures and into the ways of God and into the pattern of God that God has laid out for us to follow into the mind of the sovereign God to discover more of his will and to discover more of his way. And you know what? That's where true fulfillment is. You know, we, we, we do different things in this life, but we don't get real fulfillment out of that. True fulfillment, true peace, and true joy, and true blessings in life comes as we delve into God and we get more into God and discover more about, about God's will and God's way and embrace that for our lives. Apart from this, we're relegated to human reasoning. We're relegated to human reasoning and humanistic thinking, which always ends in leading us away from God and do a, in, and into a deeper chasm of self-will and self-absorbed living. The end result is not good. The end result is not good. Okay? And when I, when I wrote that the other day, the Lord reminded me of the parable Jesus told about the, about the rich man who had a bumper crop. And he looked at his fields and he saw that he was going to have a bumper harvest. He looked at his barns and he saw that his barns were already filled. He said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down these barns. I'll build bigger barns. I will take my ease. I will eat, drink, and be merry. This is in Luke chapter 12. You can go back and read it yourself. Okay. It's really about avarice. It's about avarice, which is extreme greed for wealth and material gain. You know what the Lord said to him at the end of that? God's response to him was, you fool. You fool. This very night, your life will be required of you. Then who will own what you have accumulated? Human reasoning that leads us away from God does never, it never ends well. It never ends well. It never ends well. Avarice can deal with accumulating more than financial wealth. 
It just can be you getting self-absorbed in what you want to do. Self-absorbed self in your life and living the way you want to live without regard to God at all. Yeah. So when we think about this, think about God's response to that man. <clears throat> it lets us know <clears throat> that if we care about where we are and others that we will influence as we go through life. Listen to me. If we care about who we are, where we are, and others that we will influence as we go through life, as we care about where they will spend eternity or where we will spend eternity, if we care about God and honoring God and obeying God, we cannot afford to succumb to human reasoning. We can't. The parent who raises his or her child from the perspective of humanistic thinking and later on in life receives Jesus, they've already lost that child. They lost the opportunity from the, from the time that that child was born to influence that child in the ways of God because they chose to follow human reasoning. The football coach who has the opportunity to influence young men, whether it's a peewee team or whether it's, a, it's an older team, whether it's a junior high team or a senior high team, and he operates in human reasoning, but has had the opportunity to influence young people but later on in life gets saved and he himself turns. He has already lost that opportunity to influence those people for good or for the kingdom of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. So we can't afford, we can't afford to succumb to human reasoning. Saints of God, we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in human reasoning. It's so easy to do because, because the sinful nature never goes away. Self always wants to be satisfied. And in this generation where there is a push against the norm and the church seems to have kind of like moved to the place where we want to tell you what you want to hear so we can keep the numbers up. There's not a whole lot of push to really know God and push away from human reasoning. You know, we, we want God and we want the world. Yeah. But the Bible says, come out from among them and be separated, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Yeah. So we have to avoid human reasoning. And we have to avoid it at all costs and seek a deeper biblically-based faith in the sovereign, almighty, unchanging God. Well, as I thought about that, we can find some help in this account uh, in Luke about Zechariah. And this inspiration did come from a, from a, a devotional that I was reading uh, on the Bible app that's, that's from the website sheworkshisway.com. When we look at this scripture, when we look at, at Zechariah's, what do we learn? What do we learn? First of all, but, well, you know, all of us have experienced Zachariah moments. I've experienced Zachariah moments, you know, where I didn't believe the word that came from the Lord. And in my mind, I'm saying, I'm saying, how can I, how can this thing be? 
Why God? Why did you do this? Why did you? All of these thoughts, you know. But this, there are three things that I'm going to share with you quickly, hopefully, uh, that the scripture teaches us. God's promises are always more credible than human logic. God's promises are always more credible than human logic. You see, we serve a God that we can trust with the impossible. We have, we have real limits. God does not have limits. We're limited by time and space. I don't know what's on the other side of this wall. I cannot walk through this wall. You remember Jesus appearing in the room with his disciples? The doors were closed, the windows were closed. He's not limited. We are limited. Okay. And we, we, we've seen this through the pages of scriptures. As a sovereign almighty God, he can do anything he chooses. The world came into existence simply by him speaking. Let there be. Everything that exists, he just spoke it. Let there be, okay? He took the dust of the ground, he made a human being, then breathed into Adam, that human being, the breath of life, and that human being, Adam, became a living being. That's not logical, according to human reasoning. Human reasoning says there had to be an Adam, and that Adam exploded. Human reasoning. God doesn't operate according to human reasoning. He doesn't. His reason is more credible. He chose Abraham, promised Abraham a son. Another situation of an old man. Listen to this. Promised Abraham a son, uh, and, and, and through that one son, Abraham's descendants will be more numerous than the sands of the sea. He also promised that through Abraham's seed, all of the nation of the earth will be blessed. Now, both of those promises were possibly logical, okay? Think about your own family. Think about if you go back to great-great-grandparents, all right, and think about how your family has grown, okay? Right. Both of those are possibly logical. However, Abraham began to get older. Yeah, Abraham had no seed. What God promised him seemed to be more and more illogical, Therefore, Abraham and Sarah decided to help God out. You all know about that. Sarah decided to send Abraham into his, his, uh, his concubine. All right? And now we got a mess today. <laughs> Between the nation, the, the, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, and the Islamic people. But listen, Abraham reached 100 years old. 100! Sarah and Sarah was 90 when she finally conceived and eventually in that nine month period gave birth to a son. Human logic once again will say that a 90 year old woman and a 100 year old man could not conceive a child together. That's just a whole lot of stuff in there that just don't work. Okay? But as we look back on the promises of God to Abraham, History records that as impossible and as illogical as it seemed to be at the time, God's promise was fulfilled. At 90 years old, Sarah gave birth to a son. 
And then in Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham, all of the nations of the earth are blessed. It seemed illogical. It didn't make sense. All right? The example after example after example in Scripture of God's promises are being more credible than human logic. And today's text is another example. It was illogical for Zechariah, an old man, to think that he would get his wife, an old woman, pregnant. So he didn't believe the angel. It was illogical, even though he knew this was an angel from God. We have to be careful now. When God sends a, pro sends a prophetic word, it's important to believe the prophetic word. Now, we get, now, there are ways you know whether a prophet is of God or not. But when God sends a prophetic word, we must believe the prophetic word. Zechariah questioned the Lord's message based on human logic. How can I be sure about this? How can I be sure in my mind that this will happen? How do I know this is truth? But isn't that the same question people ask? You, gotta, you, you hear the preaching of the word. When the word is rightly derived, the word itself is prophetic. You hear the preaching of the word. And how do I know that's the truth? The early church searched the scriptures to find out if what the, what the, what the, uh, uh, the, the apostles were telling them was the truth. Today, people won't even search the scriptures. I invite you to search the scriptures so you find out if what I'm telling you is the truth. If you doubt, well, you should search the scriptures anyway. But we ask the question, how do I know this is true? So we have to be honest with ourselves. Are there facts about your life that weigh heavier in your mind than what's possible through God? Are there things you want to do in and with your life that weigh more heavier in your life than what God has said or what God has forbidden. Human logic is a tool, and it's one of the tools that God gave us. But when human logic comes face to face with the Word of God and with the promises of God, God's Word must stand. It must stand superior over human logic and human reasoning. For God's promises are always more credible than human logic. Secondly, God accomplishes his will however he pleases. He accomplishes his will however he pleases. That's why when things seem impossible for us or illogical to us, we shouldn't worry about it. If God said it, we have to believe it. He supersedes us. He supersedes the way we think. He supersedes human logic and reasoning. He is not limited by anything that we are limited by. He is beyond all human limitations because he is the sovereign God. He can do whatever he chooses in whatever way he chooses, whenever he chooses to do it. The way God chooses to work often leaves us dumbfounded because God's ways are so much higher than ours. You can't, you can't expect to predict how God will act because we can't put God in a box like that. You know, I often think about the walls around Jericho. You know the story of Jericho. Yes, and I'm using biblical examples because the Bible is true. All right? It was illogical what God told them to do. You're coming up against a fortified city. 
Straightly shut up, the Bible. Securely shut up, the Bible says. God doesn't say, get a battering ram and knock the gates down. God says, march around the wall one time a day for six days. Don't say a word. On the seventh day, march around the wall seven times. Six times, don't say a word. On the seventh time, tell the priest to blow the horn and then let out a big shout. And when they did it, God's way. The Bible says the walls fell down flat. Hmm. I think about the Hebrew boys being thrown into the fiery furnace because they refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel thrown into the lion's den because he refused to stop praying to the God of heaven. And I think about what God did for them. God shut the lion's mouths. The lions did not harm them. Other people thrown to the lions would have been torn into pieces and eaten by the lions. God took the heat out of the fire. Illogical. Things just don't happen that way. According to human reasoning. Hmm. Yeah. I even think about Jesus being crucified on the cross, died and buried. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Illogical. And left the Jews dumbfounded, having to try to create a lie to cover up the, the resurrection, which they couldn't cover up regardless of how hard they tried. I think about Abraham. I think about Sarah. I think about Zechariah and Elizabeth, both couples in their old age, well past childbearing age. They were so old, they weren't even thinking about sex. But God, I think about the number of people the doctors have given up on and told them they were going to die. But God said they would live, and they're still here. I just read an article just last week about a lady who was on life support. She, I think she had COVID-19, and, 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 and she was on the ventilators, and the doctors had given her up. And when they took her off the life support, she opened her eyes and began to talk. God is sovereign. God can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. He accomplishes his, he accomplishes his will however he pleases. Just because you can't figure God out doesn't mean he can't do it. Just because you can't figure God out doesn't mean you have to doubt him. Or it does not mean you have to hate him. Because there are people who hate God. There are people who hate God because you can't figure him out. I was watching a movie uh, the other day, and I don't watch a lot of movies that I remember, but somehow or another I, I remember this movie. And, and then I read the story behind it. Uh, and, and understood it a little bit better. But, but the mother gave birth to a child, and apparently uh, she had so many children, she would tell her older children, this, this child, when another child was born, this child is yours, and they had to take care of that child. Well, this little girl was waiting for her brother to be born. And her little brother was born, and four days after he was born, he died. And then in the movie, you see her at the grave telling God, I hate you, I hate you. People do that. Because they can't figure out what God is doing. People hate God 
There's a hate movement in this society, in this world, against God and his standards. Yeah. Just because you can't figure God out doesn't mean that you have to hate him. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways and our ways and his thoughts and our thoughts. I'm glad I understand. Now I see through a glass darkly, dimly. But then that's going to come a day when I will see clearly, when I will see things just as they are. And I thank God I have enough faith that when I don't understand what God is doing, I can wait. I can trust him. I can cast my cares on him. I can allow him to minister to me and help me through whatever dark place I'm going through in my life. Yep. If you hate God, if you doubt God, It'll leave you in a serious detrimental place. Yeah, you got to know that God's promises are more credible than human logic. And that God accomplishes his will however he pleases. Lastly, and this is hope for us because we've been in, we've been in Zechariah's situation. We've doubted God. And there may be some people listening to me today who are, who've doubted God, who are doubting God, who are going through things, you know. Christmas is a, you know, any holiday for people who've lost loved ones, it's a difficult time. And it, sometimes it takes people years to, gr- to get over their grief and their sorrow. It shouldn't take that long, but it does because sometimes people don't allow Holy Spirit to minister to them and help them through the process. And sometimes we don't understand that none of us have come into this life to stay forever. Can you imagine what this world would look like if everybody who who was created from Adam was still alive? There wouldn't be place on, on the planet for people. People have to go. People have to leave. I'm leaving one day. You know, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to transition. I'm going to go to heaven. I understand that. You know, my mother, my father, my sister, they had to go. My grandmother, as much as I love them, they had to go. There's no sense in me still grieving them. I look forward to the day that I'll see them again when we get to heaven. But just because you've doubted God, maybe, maybe you're in a position uh, where, you, where you're angry with God about something or you said you hate God. It doesn't mean, it doesn't make you incapable of a faithful future. Doesn't mean you can't turn. Doesn't mean you can't repent and go back to God. When Zechariah doubted, okay, the angel told him, he was going to be unable to speak until the day, until the time was fulfilled for John's birth in Luke chapter 1, verse 20. When John was born, Elizabeth said, according to what the angel told them, his name shall be John. The neighbors and relatives came, and this is an old woman, so, you know, people were like amazed, you know, to see this old woman bearing child. So of course they came. Neighbors and relatives came. And, 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 and when Elizabeth told them what she was going to name this baby, they were confused. And they said they had no relative by that name. They wanted the child to be named Zachariah after his father. They even tried to bypass what Elizabeth said by asking Zachariah what he wanted his son to be named. 
And I read that and I said, you know what? We have to be careful with people and their opinions when it comes to what God has said to us. Got to be real careful about what you hear from people, the stuff you receive. Because people will try to sway you. They're probably, they're, because they don't understand what God is doing in your life. They don't understand what God is saying. And then some of them are lost anyway. Some of them are dead in sin. They're not led by the Holy Spirit. They don't care about God. They don't care about your well-being. Be careful who speaks into your life. People will talk you out of doing what God has said he wants you to do. Well, Zechariah took advantage of this chance to change his mind and act in faith. When they asked him, what, what, what do you want to name your child? He took advantage of his chance to change his mind and act in faith. He didn't dispout, dispute <laughs> or he didn't doubt anymore. I guess this time of being, being muted had really worked on him. He didn't go along with tradition. He didn't go along with what the people were saying. The Bible says he wrote on a pad immediately, his name is John. And when he did that, he spoke again. There are some people who need to speak again. There are some people who need to come alive and speak. There are some people who need to be taken off mute. Your doubt, your hatred toward God, your anger toward God has put you on mute. God wants you to speak again. But listen, Zechariah didn't just speak any words. As soon as he was able to form words, he chose to praise God. It was like Zechariah said, I've got this chance to repent. I'm going to take this chance to repent of my doubt and not only start believing, but I'm going to affirm that God's word is true and I'm going to do it right now. So he began to praise God. Our God is a God of many chances. He's a God of many, many chances. Thank God he's a God of many chances. Take advantage of the chance, if you need to today, to change your mind. It's called repentance. Repentance is defined by agreeing with God that he is right and that you're wrong and making the necessary adjustments. Take advantage of that opportunity. When I look at the story of Zechariah, I see God giving us a chance to change our minds and agree with him that he is right, that we're wrong. Human logic, human reasoning is not the way to go. Things seem right. There is a way that appears right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God wants to help us shift so that we can achieve maximum impact in our life. And when we achieve maximum impact, impact in our lives, we're going to influence people around us in the, most, in the most, if I can say it like this, in the most maximum way. Influence them for good. Influence them for the kingdom. That's what's needed in every household. Every family needs to be influenced from, for God. You know, in every family, in every church, in every gathering, people need to be influenced from, for God. So God wants to help us shift 
Shift away from human logic. Shift away from human reasoning. Shift into his will and into his way. You see, this is never really about you and me. God wants us saved, yes. He wants me saved so I can influence you. So I can reach the world for him. So I can go into the hedges and the highways and proclaim the word of God that men and women will have the opportunity to hear and be saved. And that's just not for me, the, the preacher, the bishop. It's for you, the lay person. It's for you, the young person. It's for you, that, that child who believes in Jesus. God wants to use you to influence people around you. This is always about God and always about his kingdom. God chose Abraham so that he would have a people unto himself and he could establish covenant with them and use them to proselytize the world, not become like the world. So he says, when you go into the promised land, don't become like the people that you will live among. And of course, they didn't listen to God. They didn't get rid of everybody like God told them to. And they began to mix and mingle. That's what we've done as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we allow human reasoning to enter in. Human reason to enter in. Think about the way you've allowed human reasoning to enter into your life. To enter into your mind. To influence your decisions. To influence the way you approach the scriptures. To influence the way you relate to God. This is an opportunity for us to repent and go back to God. Human reasoning versus faith in God. Faith in God is going to win out. It's going to trump. It's going to lead us to life and life forevermore. Human reasoning will lead us into a deeper chasm a self-will, self-absorption, and eventually totally away from God. As we end this year, this is December 27th. Three days, four days, 31st. Three days before the beginning of another year. This is an opportunity for us to make this shift if we need to. Maybe you don't need to, but maybe you do. You know, young people, you read a lot of, well, not just young people, we read a lot of stuff. We see a lot of things on the internet. You know, TikTok is a big thing for people. There's a lot of foolishness out there. There's a lot of foolishness on the internet. There's a lot of foolishness in movies and and on Netflix and, and, and all of these other venues that are Hulu and all of these other venues that we have so much access to in our homes. I was reading something just yesterday and it talked about how people will spend, will scroll through Facebook 15 times and not pick up the Bible one time. Well, some people live on Facebook and not pick up the Bible. Reading what people are doing. Seeing what people are doing. Reading this, reading that. Staying connected to the world while you're disconnected from God. You're allowing human reasoning 
to infiltrate and saturate your mind. It's taking you into a deeper chasm of self-will, self-absorption, and farther away from God. God is calling us to faith in him. So today, if the Lord has spoken to you, you need to recommit yourself to him because he speaks, I believe this message speaks to a lot of believers. If he's spoken to you through this message and calls you to be curious, just dig a little bit deeper. Okay? You know, do like I'm doing with my Spanish. I'm determined to be fluent in Spanish. Be determined to be fluent in the Word of God. Be determined to be fluent in knowing God. Dig deeper. Go further. There's a lot to discover that will take you away from human reasoning and bring you to a place where you can trust, fully trust, the almighty sovereign God. I want to pray for you today. If you're not saved, I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So you can pray this simple prayer and then follow up with us afterwards. Write to us on, on our website or follow up with another Christian and tell them that you have given your life to Jesus and you want some help in your growth process. If you follow up with us, we'll get back to you and we'll help you in the process. Pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you today. Thank you, Lord. You've heard my prayer. You saved me. So I proclaim today that I am saved. I thank you for it. Amen. If you prayed that prayer out of the sincereness of your heart, the Lord has done what you've asked him to do. The Bible declares, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become his sons and his daughters. We're saved through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a fact based on the word of God. Thank you for, let me just pray for, for, for all believers today. God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for, for just all that you've done for us. Thank you for this word that has challenged us in our faith walk. It's so easy for us to get caught up in humanistic thinking, human reasoning. So many things sound right. So many people are steeped in, in, in defending their, their views and their points of view. But God, help us to understand that we need to be steeped in our understanding of scriptures and deep in our faith in you. Help us to look to you. Help us to turn to you. Help us to dig deep in you, Lord. I pray for every believer today that you help us to resist humanistic thinking and help us to yield to spiritual reasoning and understanding. Whatever people are going through in their lives, I pray for them today. Some people are sick. I pray for healing. Some people are going through emotional distress. I pray, dear God, for your peace that passes all understanding to enter into their lives and to keep their hearts and their minds through Christ Jesus. I pray for marriages 
that are going through stressful situations, marriages that are broken. I pray for reconciliation in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for children that are strayed away from home and from family, that you will draw them back, Lord. And whatever is happening in those homes, I pray in the name of Jesus that the families will turn to you and allow you to fix things, allow you to turn their hearts and to turn their situations so that things can be right. Bring healing in homes, healing in families, healing in lives as we turn to you, Father. I pray for the body of Christ that we'll be faithful to our calling, that we'll be faithful to you, Lord God, and faithful to, uh, to rightly dividing the word of truth, that we'll be loving and that we'll be caring and that we will display that love and that care to everybody that we meet, regardless of what they're going through in their lives. Help us, Lord, to be your church in this generation, that we will lead people to know you as Savior and as Lord. God, I pray for a turn in this pandemic, in this world. We can't see your purposes in this. But I pray in the name of Jesus, dear God, that the day will come when our eyes will be open and we will see how you worked in the midst of this pandemic to turn people to you. I pray for the bitter people who are hard in heart, who are angry with you today because they've lost loved ones, because they're suffering. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that that anger will leave them. I pray for a revelation, for them to receive a revelation of the truth of your word and the love that you have for them. Change their perspectives. God, have your way. Keep us in your ever-loving care. And we'll be forever careful to give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel and you would like to help further this cause we're not just preaching here in the United States we are preaching around the world through this podcast. Our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, 
go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.